You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We're your hosts, Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman. Thank you for tuning into another episode of the show, my friend. We are stoked you're here beyond stoked. Now, if you're someone who wants to learn how to create a visual brand and social media presence that, you know, well, just doesn't suck, then today's guest is literally about to blow your mind. The literal queen of aesthetics and beautiful design is on the show today, Brie Summers of Brighton Made. We got to chat with her and whoo, it was a dump, dump dive, a deep dive into all things branding and visuals. So Brighton Made is a branding and web design studio that empowers lifestyle and wellness brands to brighten the world. Brie built Brighton Made from the ground up during her evenings and weekends after feeling unfulfilled working in her corporate world. And Brie is inspired by the beach, anything boho, bold patterns, textiles, natural light, artistic interiors, vintage photographs, traveling in sunsets. And if you go to her Instagram feed, you will literally see all of that and more beautifully curated. <laughs> She's literally the queen. I'm not kidding. Anyways, today, Brie dropped tip after tip for you on how to nail your design when it comes to your branding, your website, your graphic design, and your Instagram. Seriously, I'm not like, I keep saying this, but this episode is very full and we chatted about everything from curating your Instagram feed and how to come up with a strategy that will help your visual grid stand out and pop all the way to the biggest design mistakes that you might be making on your website and your graphics, how to build your own brand from scratch when first getting started, how to get into the graphic design world, and just so much more. Seriously, we covered so much ground in this episode that I I guarantee, flat out guarantee that there is something here for you. So if you're ready to uplevel your visuals and design game and stand out from the competition, let's chat with Brie. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Brie, freaking welcome to the Heart and Hustle podcast. This feels like it's way long overdue. (laughs) Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me. I am actually a listener, and so I listen to you guys all the time, and I love both of you, so I am so grateful to be here. (laughs) The love is mutual. I was going to say, you know we love you. So, (laughs) Uh, For anyone, though, who maybe doesn't know you and doesn't know your gorgeous work and just your wonderful self, do you want to kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, your story, and I guess just what got you to where you are today? Yeah, so... I will try to give the Cliff Notes version, but hello, everybody. I'm Bree. I am a branding and web designer, and I owned a small uh, design studio called Brighton Made. And I have honestly always loved design. Like growing up, arts and crafts was my favorite activity as a kid. And so I kind of knew early on that I wanted to do something creative with my career, but I wasn't sure what. I was actually like really into interior design as a kid. So I thought, I see that. I see that all day. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. If anyone follows you, sorry, I interjected. I'll continue. No, you're good. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So I love interior design. And so when I was 12 years old, I went on a photo shoot um, for a home decor magazine. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is freaking amazing. This is exactly what I want to do. And so then fast forward um, after college, I skipped many years, but 
went to school for graphic design, um, and then ended up graduating and getting a job at that same place that I did the job shadow. And so it just like felt like everything came full circle. It was my dream job or so I thought at the time. Um, and so it was, I was working for better homes and gardens magazine with Meredith corporation in Des Moines. And about a couple weeks into working there, I just kind of was like, this is not what I signed up for. Like, I went to school to be creative. Like, that's why I want to do design. And I felt like I was doing anything but that. And so I just felt really frustrated and upset because I thought like, I basically like spent my whole life thinking like, this is exactly what I wanted to do. And um, was just kind of defeated when it wasn't that. And so about like six months in, I met a friend who also was working there. And we were like, yeah, this job kind of sucks. Like, let's start a company. And so like out of nowhere, we just start a design company and it was called Flyover Design Co. And our main focus was in wedding stationery and events and all that good stuff. So did that for a little while. Um, and then eventually was like, okay, this isn't going to let me like quit my job. Cause that was essentially like my goal. in all of this was that I wanted to be my own boss. I did not want to work for someone else. And so then I decided to start another company, um, Bright and Made, which I'm doing now. And then kind of shortly after starting that, I was able to leave my full-time job, eventually ended up leaving the other company so I could solely focus on Brighton. And yeah, that kind of takes me to where I am today. So. Oh my gosh. I love your story. I had no idea that you worked at Better Homes and Gardens. Ironically, the guest that we literally just interviewed also worked there. That's just wild. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just like, what are the odds? It's crazy. Um, but did you like, I get like, did you always imagine growing up? You said you were always creative and you loved design. Well, maybe just like design in general, but like, did you envision yourself ever doing what you do now? Um, yes and no. So like when I was little, I wanted to be an interior designer and I was kind of dead set on that. And I then... feel like you low key kind of are. Okay. I'll, <laughs> I'll get off that point. <laughs> Um, I'm like, obsessed I, with your house so much. Okay. <laughs> no, like I, I totally wanted to be an interior designer. And then my mom took me to this like college counselor person who like basically reads your personality and tells you what you should do with your life. And this lady was like, yeah, honey, you are not going to be good at interior design because what? you will not like to please other people, which the is kind of true. Okay. <laughs> I I mean, she, she made a good point where I, I am very like, I have a very specific style. I have a very specific taste. And so I'm not going to want to design a bunch of houses that are not in my same aesthetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where graphic design is a little bit broader. And so I also didn't realize like how much I love graphic design too. And I felt like interior design, as much as I loved it, it was a little bit too specific for me. And I felt like the job industry in general with graphic design, like there was so much you could do with it. So yeah, that's kind of what um, led me to eventually, you know, pursuing graphic design. But that's why I loved working for Better Homes and Gardens magazine because it was like, okay, this combines home decor and graphic design, you know, yeah. all in one. Um, but I actually never like worked for. I did a bunch of internships throughout college, and I never interned anywhere that involved branding or logo design or anything like that. Like everything I worked at was like ad agencies, publishing companies, like nothing involving branding. And so I never really thought that I would actually be a branding studio. Um, but yeah, it's kind of crazy how life works out. And here I am now. 
Oh, yes. so cool and crushing it. I mean, literally, clearly, Lindsay and I are like fangirls. We're like, <laughs> we're like, oh my gosh, your house. Oh my gosh, your style. <laughs> you I already wanna, know that. I low-key want to clone your house. Not to like steal, but like it's so good. <laughs> no, go for it. And also, I am loving everything you're doing with your house. So you're doing a great job. Girl, the <laughs> amount of times I have gone to your like to know it is not even <laughs> I'm like, where did she get that tile? Okay, that light fixture. I need. It's amazing. I love it so much. Okay, well, Brie, I mean, anyone who has pulled up your Instagram at this point knows that your feed and your curation is just freaking incredible. And we clearly swoon over it daily. Um, but I think that's one thing that we always kind of hear as a struggle from our students and our listeners. And I'm sure you also experience as well. But like, how did you get a beautifully curated feed? Can you talk, I guess, a little bit about where to start, whether that's like a color palette or do you use any sort of like templates for designs or specific photos? Like, I guess just walk us through from a designer's perspective because it's so visually heavy. It's, it's, I would almost say a little bit more visually intense than even like photography because you have to showcase that like skill with, putting stuff together. I don't know. I guess just like talk to us about curation from a designer's perspective. No, totally. Um, I work really hard at it. So thank you for saying that. Uh, But I think it kind of starts off with like really defining your style. And I think a lot of times, you know, especially when you're first starting out in your business, you don't really know what your style is. And you're kind of trying to be like everything to everyone. And you're also trying to like mix a bunch of styles together, which is totally fine. And I think everyone should experiment in the beginning. But eventually, I think you really kind of got to hone in on your style and what is like natural and authentic to you. Because like, if you are constantly forcing yourself, like for me, for example, like I am not a dark and moody person, obviously. Yeah. You look at my feet. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> if I was like forcing myself to do that aesthetic because it's trendy or cool or whatever, like it just wouldn't work. And so... I think finding your style is going to be super important. And then with that, really keeping a consistent color theme. So I think this is easier for pretty much any other industry other than branding designers, because our job is to showcase like different work, but also work that looks consistent, but like not too similar. So you kind of have to start with your color palette. But then I think at the same time, you can still mix in like off-brand colors, but do it in a very intentional way. And so for me, for example, like I don't really use the color green like very often. However, let's say I have a really awesome project that I want to show off. I will intentionally, you know, have a green post, but then a couple posts later, I'll also include an image or a graphic that has touches of green in it. So it kind of ties it all together. Because mm. if you have one random color in your feed that like doesn't match anything else going on, I think it's going to look very off. So it's a really great way to kind of tie in the colors together without feeling like super constricted to like, you can only use three colors. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Like you're trying to almost pull in the eye cohesively to not be like, whoa, that's out of place. Yeah. Yes, for sure. And then I think too, um, with that, like if you do have something you want to share that maybe is off brand, because here's the thing, like, yes, aesthetics matter, but also I think Instagram and social media in general is moving in a direction where they matter less and less. Yeah. So though, if you're like me and you still obsess over this type of stuff, you can always (laughs) include like other images or other graphics in a carousel where the first cover image maybe is like very branded and cohesive and the rest like doesn't matter as much. 
Um, so I think that's also a really great way if there is something that like feels more off brand, um, Mm -hmm. if you want to share it. And then I would also say too, one other thing that I think a lot of people don't realize is playing around with scale and also changing up the type of content that you're sharing. So if I were to post a logo like back to back, it would feel like very stiff. Whereas Mm -hmm. if you kind of have something that's maybe like more close up, so it's like a detail shot. And then the next image is more pulled back. It adds more of that like visual dynamic feel. Um, Mm -hmm. And also too, if it's just like a different subject matter, I think it automatically makes it feel just more dynamic and more interesting. Yeah. I'm literally looking at your feed right now. And like, (laughs) just, just to even drive home your point to everyone that's, well, first of all, if you're listening to this show, go freaking look at her feed while you listen because literally Lord, but like right now I'm looking and there's like a logo. Then there's like a full body shot of you, which is obviously a content photo. And then there's a photo of your home, which goes very well with your brand design, which is great. (laughs) And then there's like, Almost like a, I don't know if this is like a brand board situation or it's it's just like a bunch of of graphics together that you created. Also, yes. I'm like way down in your feed, so I, I can't even describe where I am. But <clears throat> what I'm saying is like you're balancing and then you're showing like a lay flat on a desk of like cards and then it's like another graphic and then it's like flowers. Like I just love the, you're literally like I could easily in two seconds find the example of what you just said. It's like rotating visually through different elements, but still keeping them all cohesive with colors and with like mainly colors of like what (laughs) is being shown. Because I think even if people aren't designers and they're listening to this, that can still apply to no matter what business they're in. Just like looking at, okay, let's make sure I'm not posting the exact same thing every single Mm -hmm. time. Even if it's like an influencer who mainly shares photos of them, like, don't make it a headshot or a close-up every single time. Like, vary right. your locations, vary your outfits, vary the the viewpoint of where the camera is and maybe yeah. switch up, like, what you're doing. This is, like, I, I just love... It's, like, visually spice it up, but also make it cohesive. It's, yeah. like, that tension. <laughs> yeah. Yes, 100%. And I think, too, like, something I am very intentional about is I rotate, which this just kind of gets almost, like, to be too crazy, but... I like intentionally rotate between photos and graphics because it makes it more aesthetically like pleasing because it creates a nice contrast between an image and then a color. (laughs) I can literally see you. I'm literally still scrolling and I'm like, whoa, she she does do that. (laughs) But I do break the rules sometimes. So I think it's okay to have the rules, but then also know like when it's okay to break them. But if you don't have any rules, then you're just breaking them all the time. Yeah, and it's, it's, I think it also can make Instagram feel a lot more overwhelming because you don't have any sort of structure that you're following. Like it's almost like if you have ever driven in like, India or anywhere like that or whatever. And there's no rules in driving. It's, (laughs) I mean, unless that's just your norm and you've grown up there, but like for us, it's not the norm. And so we go to a place like that and, you know, we're in that driving scenario where it's just like anyone's going at any time, turning anywhere, driving whatever speed, dodging between cars, turning (laughs) in front of each other. It's chaos. And I I think that's how it can feel to us a lot of times when it comes to a lot of things in like business, including like Instagram, if there aren't any sort of like lanes or turn signals or directions or speed limits or anything like that, we feel even more overwhelmed. Like we have no clarity of where we're going or what we're doing or how to do it. So I love just kind of what you were saying, Brie, of like, know the rules. It's okay to break them sometime. But like having that structure, I think makes it a lot more 
clear and exciting when it Mm -hmm. comes to like posting on Instagram than it is just when you're trying to like randomly guess and like hopefully pull a nice feed out of your, you know, back pocket (laughs) for no reason. (laughs) Totally. No, exactly. And I think like, I even relate to that even as a designer, like I have such a hard time designing for something that doesn't have any sort of like target audience or rules or like anything going on. And so I think it is very helpful to have that structure because it kind of gives you an overall like map on how to, you know, curate your feed. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Okay. before we... Oh, I'm so sorry. (laughs) I think we actually might have the same question. I would not be surprised. We might. Well, mine was not noted. It's a one that I just thought of. Same. (laughs) Oh, oh. You ask yours and we'll see if it's the same. Okay, I'm so excited. (laughs) Um, My thought was as a designer, like, because we all know that photos of ourselves or photos of people typically, mostly ourselves, do the best on Instagram. And my thought was like, unless it's a graphic that has like a powerful quote or a shareable, I feel like typically for the average Joe that maybe isn't a designer, when they share, which maybe, well, that maybe answers it because for the average Joe, maybe they're not good at it. I don't know. But (laughs) for anybody that's sharing a graphic or something like that, because I know you said you balance between photos of, of things and then graphics, for the average person, I keep saying that, sorry, uh, somebody that's posting a graphic, how do you personally, especially as a designer, and maybe this is more just a tip for any designers listening, how do you infuse life and get engagement in posts that are not of you? Yeah. I, so, that was a very long way to say that very simple <laughs> question. <laughs> um, so I think this, I mean, applies to both people who are designers and who are not designers. But for me personally, actually, I feel like my posts that do the best are not always necessarily photos of me, which is kind of crazy because mm-hmm. I'm just like fascinated it, by that. Yeah, it seems like it always would be, but for me, it's not the case. I don't know why people just don't like the way I look, but it's not the case. <laughs> no, <laughs> not true. It's because your designs are so good. But uh, I think, okay, a really great way to, I feel like, get more engagement on those types of posts is people love the carousel feature in general. Yeah. So, like, show more color versions of that same, like, you know, graphic or quote or whatever it might be, just like make it in like five different colors because then people can pick their favorite color and share it to their story. And like, Mm. it feels personal to them because they feel like they're invited in on this like design experience. And so that's something that I'll do often. I think also in general, like any sort of quote that I feel like people just, you know, people are really going to interact with and really feel like, I don't know, they they can connect with it. I feel like those always do well too, because people want to, you know, share inspiring things. So I feel like I I can, I can literally find there's a, there's one on your feed that is the same graphic, but different colors that says more living, less hustling. Yes. And I'm like, oh, yep, she's following her own advice. Okay. <laughs> I love that Lindsay's like cross-checking every advice you give, like seeing if it's actually in your feed. No, no it's just because I'm like swooning over her feed as she talks. And I'm like, oh, yeah, wow. Oh, I love it so much. Oh, yeah, my gosh. So I feel like, you know, using more colors and I feel like more variations will help just one single graphic, I guess, to answer your yeah. original question. I yes, love that. I love it. Okay, well, my question was slightly different, but I was just curious, Brie, of like, you obviously put some planning into your feed. Do you actually like plan your grid, like using a third-party app? How far in advance do you typically plan your grid? Or are you just like, oh, I know, you know, I posted a graphic. So next I'll post a photo of me and you just like go for it. 
That's a good question. Kind of a mix of both. So I do have a planning app, but I don't always stick exactly to that. I mostly use the planning app just to see what it looks like best next to the next thing. But I kind of know, like, I already have a routine since I do like the photographic photo sort of rule. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday are my graphics. Tuesday, Thursdays are always photos, or I usually try to do reels those days. And then I'll always include, usually on a Sunday, um, a photo. So then it kind of balances out with three and three. Um, and so that kind of also helps me plan out like what I'm posting because usually the content varies depending on if it's a graphic or if it's a photo, usually the photos are more like photos of me. It could be a photo of a design like project, but for the most part, the flat graphics are, you know, design work or quotes or something along those lines. Oof, mm. Okay, so good. I That's, could talk to you about design I stuff know. forever. <laughs> I'm nerding out. This is great. Okay, well, m- maybe moving on from Instagram, let's dive into like design tips when first starting a business. I just, for any listener out there that's just starting their hide- side hustle or even diving into their business full time, talk through what advice you would give to any small business owner on how to even approach their brand and design for the first time. Just coming from your design perspective, speaking to any business owner. Yes. Okay. I have a lot of things to say here. So I'll try to like... Oh, we're here for it. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. Buckle it okay, up. So the first thing is that I think a lot of times people always feel like they have to design you know, their brand themselves, which is an option. But I also don't think people realize there are tons of really great pre-made logo options out there. And mm-hmm. I think it could save you a lot of time, a lot of headache. They probably look better than what you would design. And so I would recommend like if you can you know, spend a couple hundred dollars or however much. I mean, they range all over the board. But I think that's always a really great option. And it's something that can get you by. Um, There's also logos too that I think like some... Everyone does it differently. And so they'll have like a logo that's purchased multiple times or you can spend more money and have one that's purchased one time. But with that, I will say to do your research. So I've had people sell my pre-made logos are like my client work as a pre-made logo before. So you just have to be careful if you do go down that route. Now, if you don't want to do that and you want to, you're like, okay, I want to design my own brand. I don't really want to buy something pre-made. Like that doesn't feel right for me. That's totally cool. Um, Number one, less is always more. I think everyone tries to overcomplicate things and add in like 15 million different elements and colors and like just don't yes. do that. Keep it simple. Um, and then I would also say too, if you're looking for like, you know, free fonts because you're on a budget and you're not really wanting to spend a bunch of money on a font, Google Fonts has a bunch of really great free fonts. Um, and then also too, if you have an, a subscription to Adobe Creative Cloud, which I feel like most photographers mm-hmm. uh, probably do, but they also have a bunch of fonts on Adobe Fonts. So those are some good options if you're like not wanting to spend a single dime. Um, but I would say overall, just like start simple and you can always dive deeper into your brand. You can always like get more specific with your brand style, but I think it's better to kind of keep it slightly more broad in the beginning. Cause you probably don't know like what your niche is, what your, who your audience is or any of that. And so it's better to just kind of keep it a little bit more general. And then you can kind of slowly hone in on that style and yeah, you're just your overall like target audience and all that good stuff. Oh, so good. Okay. So then would you recommend, Brie, because I know you said like, you know, a lot of people feel like they have to design their brand right out the gate. Like for a newer entrepreneur, maybe like somebody in like 
they're out of the side hustle phase. They're more into like, okay, I'm going to pursue this full time. I guess like, I guess the, the question would be more of like, when do you feel like it's necessary for a brand or, you know, a person, a company to invest in like a custom branding experience? Yeah. So I think it varies depending on the type of business that you run and just all of that. But I would say overall, like do not invest in branding until you have figured out like what your business plan is, who your audience is, what your goals are. Like you have to have that stuff set up. You can't just go into this being like, I don't know. I just kind of want to like do photography for, I keep giving that as an example because you have a lot of photographers. (laughs) (laughs) if you go into it being like, I don't know, like I don't have an audience. I want to do everything for everyone. It's just like, it's so hard to brand that because it's so generic. So I would say, mm-hmm. you know, wait until you have a very clear audience in mind. Mm-hmm. And then I think also too, like, it just kind of depends on like budget. And also I think confidence is another really big thing. So I don't think people realize like, it's kind of hard to put yourself out there if you're not proudly standing behind like what your brand is, right? Yeah. And so I think a lot of business owners don't realize like if you have this really great product, like you're not going to really be that excited to sell it if your branding like sucks or you yeah. just, like don't feel confident in it. Like having a really legit looking brand that like encompasses like who you are and who you serve and you know all of that good stuff and like really speaks to the quality of the product like that is going to make you want to sell that all the more. And so I think, you know, it just, like I said, it just kind of depends on, you know, where you're at in your business. And if you're at a point where you feel like you've really figured out, you know, everything. And then also to like, are you able to invest in something or is it something that, you know, you're not quite ready for? Mm, That's so So good. good. We wanted to interrupt this episode real fast to chat about counseling. Now, counseling is so often stigmatized in a negative way, and it absolutely should not be. Because Evie and I so firmly support counseling in all stages of life, we were so excited when BetterHelp, an online counseling company, reached out to us to be a sponsor on the show. We were able to try it ourselves for a bit, and our experiences were incredible. I was even able to go on and fill out a full list of information about myself, my desires in a counselor, including religious beliefs, and more. I was matched with an amazing counselor who shares my worldview, and I absolutely loved the ability to put preferences like that down on the questionnaire. Something else we genuinely loved about BetterHelp is that they offer four ways to get licensed counseling. Video sessions, phone calls, live chat, and messaging. It's honestly incredible. If you've been contemplating counseling but are feeling lost on where to start, we definitely recommend BetterHelp. We both had great experiences with them and have so many friends also loving their services. So we have an affiliate link for you today for 10% off your first month. Just go to www.betterhelp.com forward slash heart and hustle. Hey, hey, if you are new here and haven't heard about our online resource shop, ooh, listen up. The Heart Shop is a digital resource and template shop for creative entrepreneurs and photographers. There are so many goodies for creative entrepreneurs in the shop, like website templates, PDF guide templates, illustrations to enhance your brand, and lots more. But one thing in particular we made sure to add was contract templates. Y'all, the horror stories we have heard in our years of business is unmatched and a little terrifying. (laughs) Clients refusing to pay after you've delivered a service, clients demanding their retainer back after canceling on you last minute. The list goes on. Business shouldn't feel like you're walking on eggshells though. And yet that's how most of us feel when we first start our business. We're petrified to make a wrong move or have an unhappy client. Okay. But here's the truth. 
One of the first foundational steps of owning your own business should be protecting yourself legally with contracts. Yes, yes, even for friends and family. Contracts allowed us to walk in confidence as we grew our photography businesses. But also hiring a lawyer to create custom contracts for you is a pain in the butt and the wallet. And grabbing whatever free or cheap template online is often not enough protection. Yes. So we wanted to make this as easy and seamless for you as possible and give you the resources to make sure you have your butt protected. We have partnered with our favorite lawyer and attorney, Paige, from the legal page. She has not only created powerful contract templates, but her team is so present and ready to help figure out which ones you need for your business. You can stack her contracts in her shop like the wedding photography contract, destination intimate wedding contract, cancellation and rescheduling bundle, second shooter and associate contracts, and honestly, so much more. Just head to theheartcontracts.com for 10% off. That's theheartcontracts.com. I love the confidence point too, because you could even be proud of your product or your service. But then if you're like, you don't like, you love your website, it doesn't feel like it really hits your brand well, or even your logo. Like if if you have a crappy logo and a crappy website, yet you're selling a high-end product or a high-end service, it's like there's going to be a disconnect there when you're like expecting customers to come into the experience, they're going to be like, well, this looks like Walmart version. (laughs) (laughs) Or or like it was made in like Picnic. You remember Picnic? That was like, oh, those were the days. Picnic, Pick Monkey. Y'all. Yes. (laughs) So good. I love it. Uh, I love it. Okay, so Brie, are there like rules of design or color theory tips or strategies or anything that like every business owner should know? Yes. So I'll kind of just go down some of my thoughts. So number one, there's this thing that I like to call tension points. So when you have like elements overlapping, you want to either like fully overlap it or like don't at all. It drives me freaking insane when I see something just like barely touching. Like, so like just go all in with it. Um, same thing with like the composition. So I feel like tension points can also happen if something is like super close to the edge or like really close to something else. So just make sure that like space spacing visually, like it doesn't feel, I don't know, like it's giving you heebie-jeebies like it would give me. Um, <laughs> and then also to thinking about hierarchy and proportions. So I feel like everyone's main thing is to make everything ginormous and big and feel like it's like screaming at you. But it's really hard to digest information when everything is at like level 10. And it's a lot more visually appealing to have different proportions within the design. So think about the thing that is most important that you want people to maybe read first or see first and make that the biggest, but then kind of work down from there. Like where's the next part that you want to take them? And yeah, just kind of think about your sizing and how it's kind of hard to explain this um, rather than show you, but... I know, it's like audibly. (laughs) (laughs) Audibly, let me try to explain how I design. Um, But yeah, just kind of make sure that not everything is on the same scale. Kind of, again, going back to the Instagram example with the scale change. Like you can kind of think of that when you're designing something. Mm -hmm. Um, And then lastly, I would also say too, is um, odd numbers are just visually more appealing. I don't know why it is, but like clusters of three just look so much better than a cluster of two. So, um, you know, Mm. when you're kind of thinking about different text blocks and things like that, odd numbers just look better. I think it's because it creates more visual interest. Um, Even though I do like to have everything feel very balanced, I feel like 
yeah, I don't know. Just visually, it looks better with odd numbers. So no, I even like I, I'm in visualizing and visualizing it visualizing <laughs> like even if you like had a cluster of numbers and you had them like alternated down. So it was like what, like almost like a zigzag line of like one, two, three, four. Like if you did that, five would look better than four, yeah, or like yeah. seven would look better than six. Yeah, if, I get what you're saying, but then also at the same time, you do want like in some designs, you want it to be even. Like you mm-hmm. want elements to be even in a sense, but it that is such a hard thing to talk about audibly because I'm like, <laughs> oh, it's yeah. such a visual thing. And if you think about too, like a column of three, like, so three different text blocks. Um, I think a good way to kind of make it still feel balanced is to try to make your copy around the same length so that you're not Mm -hmm. having one giant text box next to like a very short one, but at the same time, you're still getting that like, you know, grid of three and that odd number. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, this leads perfect into the next question, which is what are the biggest mistakes that you see most entrepreneurs making with their brand design. I feel like we go off on a deep end here. (laughs) Yes. Um, Okay. Number one, please stop using random fonts, colors, elements that like you got off of a template in Canva. Like, why are you doing that? It's not, if it's not a part of your branding, I just don't understand the need to use random things. Like, unless there's a specific reason or you know, it does look cohesive with your branding, then by all means, go for it, girlfriend. But like, I just, I, I cannot, I just, I don't understand why people do that. Um, like basically so, pick one. <laughs> yes. And too, I think like Canva is great because it does have all of these like pre-made templates ready for you to go, but it also has a bunch of random elements in that template that you should not be using because yeah. they don't match the brand. Yeah. Like, So just, I know it's tempting because you're like, oh, this is already done for me. I just have to input my information. But if you're changing your graphics every single time you go to post something or share something or whatever, it's just so confusing. Nobody can remember you because you're changing your colors and your fonts every other second. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And I can keep going, but I'll... Oh no, keep, keep going. Tell us more mistakes. We need (laughs) to know our mistakes that we're making. (laughs) Yeah. So with that, like, don't, change your branding every three seconds just because you're bored or because you see (laughs) some like cool new trend that you're like, Oh, I want that now. So I'm going to like change my whole branding because I want this one color or this overall like style or like illustration is really trendy right now. So don't do that. Um, I think your branding should last you three to five years, if not longer. The only reason why you should change your brand is if it's not speaking to the right people anymore. So I think that is something really important to think about. And then lastly, I would also say, just make it smaller. It's probably too big. It's probably too close (laughs) to the edge. Like negative space is a beautiful thing. Just get it away from the edge of the composition. (laughs) I love love how like intense you are about these things. This is making my heart so happy. I love it. Bree's like, get it away from the edge. (laughs) And like, I don't know why people put it so close to the edge. I'm like, it just, it looks so bad at the edge. Like, Just practically. So you're saying like, like, let's just take a Canva, a feed graphic. So square, a square graphic that is just has a background color for negative space. What you're saying is if you have words, say you have a small paragraph or, or maybe not even a paragraph, maybe just like a few, like a sentence, right? Mm-hmm. Put it either, it, I'm just, just try to understand what you're saying. Either put it in the middle or maybe intentionally put it out of, well, I guess if it was words, it might not make sense out of, well, maybe, I don't know. Can yeah. you break that down? Yeah, so you can totally, I mean, you can center it or you can, you know, have it left aligned, however you want to roll with the design. Like that's totally up to you. 
But I just mean like, okay, so if you have a piece of text that's like 0.1 inches away from like the bottom <laughs> of the the square, do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Like yeah. that, yes. that is a very uncomfortable because it's too close to the edge. So you yeah. want to have, right. I would say like 0.5 inch margins around the perimeter of the composition in general. Or, I mean, or intentionally overlap it on the edge. Yes. Or if it is supposed to do that, I would say text probably shouldn't unless for whatever reason, it's like more of a designy element. But yeah, yeah, I think design elements can totally like go and bleed off to the side of a composition, right. but text in general. And then another thing I would say with quotes and like formatting text um, is that like restack your words so that they don't look horrible. <laughs> so Wait, let me, can you yeah, just horrible. <laughs> I know. I'm so sorry. Um, okay. I, this would be so much easier if I could just show you guys. I know. This is I know. Here we go. Just, you're like so knowledgeable. Pretend though that <laughs> remember that you're, you're teaching people that might not necessarily know all the beautiful things that you know. Yes, of course. <laughs> okay. So let's say you have a quote and what you do is all you do is you just like type it in. Well, it, let's say the quote is three lines. It visually looks best when the words of the edge of the paragraph go in and out. So the, sh- the top line might be a little bit shorter, but then the middle line, we want it to extend a little bit further in width. And then the mm-hmm. last line, you want it to go in again. So it should go in and out um, to kind of create a more, what they call it, it's called a rag um, in yeah. typography. But essentially, it's just the edge of that paragraph. And that applies to both, you know, center typography or left aligned typography. Um, but yeah, make sure that it's like stacked nicely. It drives me insane too with like, when you leave also uh, one word at the end of like a text block, which is called yeah. a widow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's so sad. But yeah, don't do that either. So make sure that you always have at least two words on the last line. Um, unless for some reason, which I don't even want to give you guys reasons, but unless for some reason the design of the quote is one word on each line, then that's okay because it's not necessarily a widow. It's only when it's like a chunk of text that is multiple words on a line. It's like you have an entire paragraph of lines and then one word at the very end. Yeah. Yes. On the last line. Don't do that. Yes. I have a question. What about when it's, I don't know what this is called in fancy design language, but I'm thinking of like, the, there, when you're justifying your text, there's left justified, there's center justified, which is probably what you're, well, you said it d- doesn't matter either way. And then there's right justified, but then there's one where it evens out the, like I'm looking literally on Google. Or, yeah. When it's like right fully now. justified. So yeah, it's technically called mean? left aligned, right aligned, and then justified. So justified is when all of the uh, lines stack up against one another. So it creates a very clean line which is really great. And a lot of newspapers actually do this. Not that I sound really old when I say that. Um, <laughs> but back in the day, yeah, this is how they did because it made the columns like really clean. What, so right. this is a good option. But the I would say the only thing about that is that it can sometimes create really awkward spacing, which can make the text harder to read. Um, mm-hmm. And I would only do that for body copy. If anything, I wouldn't do that for like headlines. That doesn't make sense to like, yeah, by a headline. Yeah. Oh, so I'm learning so many things. This is fascinating. I know. This <laughs> and is in, great. In another life, I feel like I would have wanted to be either an interior designer or a graphic designer. I just, I just love it. I just Same, don't have, dude. I don't have the skills though. Um, I pretend I'm an interior designer. Oh and yeah. Then I go to, and then I go to Bree's page, and I'm like, I am not. <laughs> 
<laughs> we like to think we're Brie, like we we pretend to be. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. Okay. So Brie, when you design websites for clients, like what's your favorite platform to use? And what website host would you, I guess, like recommend for beginners versus more advanced business owners? Yeah. So I have honestly, at some point, I feel like worked on any sing- every single platform that there is out there. Um, but overall, I've kind of narrowed it down to two that I mostly work on. Um, so for e-commerce brands, products, shops, um, I work on Shopify. And then a lot of service-based businesses, I work on Squarespace. Occasionally, if it's a very like content-heavy um, blog type of business, that would be on WordPress. Um, and then as far as like beginners or advanced, I think it kind of depends on your business model. So I would say, you know, if you're a product shop to just start with Shopify, I think it'll be easier in the long run. Um, and then if you are a service-based business, honestly, it kind of depends on how much design control you want to have. So if you don't know jack squat about web design, which you probably don't, if you're DIYing your site, um, Show it, which I know you guys use, is a really great option for people who don't want to touch code. They don't want to mess with any of that sort of thing. But on the flip side to that, I would also say if you don't trust yourself, you feel like you will just make a hot mess express of a website, then (laughs) I think Squarespace is a safer option in that sense because you can't really mess it up completely. Yeah. um, Because they're there's a grid. So yeah, yeah. There's, that square spaces. <laughs> there's square spaces. <laughs> yeah. I love that. What do you think then like for the person who's maybe considering designing their own website, do you have any like top tips of like, here's the number one things you should keep in mind when like designing your own website from like from a template? Yeah. So I think in general, templates are great. I feel like people don't use them enough, especially, you know, if you're not a designer and you're just trying to DIY. So I would, you know, kind of going back to the whole logo thing, like I would find a template, you know, that speaks to your soul or that you can at least, you know, customize or whatever. But that kind of gives you a starting point. I think when you start from complete scratch, it's like very, very overwhelming because you just have so many options and you don't even know what to do. Um, And then I think the other thing that people don't realize is that a large part of your website is the images and the text. So yes, you can design it all day long, but if you don't have, you know, copy or images, you're just going to be, you know, spinning in circles. So I would actually prioritize your content first and foremost and map out, you know, all of the pages of your site that you need and um, just kind of how you want to take the user along through the site? Like, what are the goals? Are you wanting people to book you through your website? Like, what's the point of the site? And then kind of mapping it out from there. Um, So yeah, hopefully that helps. No, that's so good. So much. I have another question for anybody that's listening that wants to be a designer. Because right now we've been kind of talking about just entrepreneurs as a whole, no matter who they are, no matter what industry they're in and just like design tips for them. However, for somebody that wants to be, wants to be a designer, do you have any advice or tips on how to even get started with your business in design in that industry? Yeah. So I think it kind of depends on what type of design you want to do and all that stuff. So I basically, when I first started, um, I was just in general, a design studio. So I just opened my doors and said, Hey, I do graphic design, like basically hire me. And then eventually as I worked on different projects, I kind of figured out the things that I love to do, the things that I don't love to do. 
And so you kind of, you know, can figure out what you're good at and what you're not from there. I think it's really hard to start day one of your business being like, I am a branding and web designer for <laughs> female entrepreneurs in the e-commerce space. Like it just doesn't, yeah. it, just, it, it doesn't happen that way. Um, and I think it's so, so important for designers to experiment in the early stages um, and really kind of going back to like figuring out your style. I feel like with everything on social media and Pinterest, it is just so easy to get caught up in wanting to create work that looks like everything else out there. And that is the biggest mistake that you could make when you are trying to like create for a living. Like, isn't that the whole point of design is to like make your own thing. And so I would say turn off all computers and just like create with what comes, you know, from your head and from your heart and don't worry about it looking like crap because in the beginning it is going to look like crap, but you have to keep making more and more work until it finally starts to look a little bit better each and every time. Oh, that was beautiful. That was just <laughs> so like, good. That was just like, here's the the appetizer, the entree, the dessert. Done. <laughs> like, it was so good. <laughs> okay, Brie, you just, I feel like we could talk to you for like 500 years about all things design. We could even touch on interior design. I mean, there's so much we could touch about, talk about, not touch about. Anyways, <laughs> um, but... I think one of the the biggest questions and kind of towards the end of the interview, this final question, we love to ask each one of our guests uh, just because the answers are always so different and they're so cool. Um, what do you feel has been like the biggest lesson you've learned in business? Um, I would say really staying true to who I am. So mm. I feel, and that sounds extremely cheesy, but um, just to kind of like, take a step back. So when I first started Brighton Made, I was like very excited about working with other female entrepreneurs. And I remember like designing my first website and like creating a tagline. And it said something about like for like female entrepreneurs or something like that. And I used like a lot of pink and my mom was like, which love her, but not the best for business advice. (laughs) She was like, that's kind of sexist. Like, shouldn't you maybe use like more neutral colors so that you can appeal to more people And so then I like changed everything and made it like very like neutral and I guess like gender neutral so that like anyone could like it. But in turn, as I continued to develop my style and like lean into my truest self, like I realized like that's just not me. That's not my style. And I feel like what makes my business what it is, is because I leaned into like what, you know, my aesthetic is and what I'm drawn to. Like ever since I was a kid... I was obsessed with the color pink. Like I, I begged my parents to like, let me paint my bedroom pink. And they were like, no, you're going to grow out of it. So they made me paint it yellow. Long story short in high school, I still loved pink and eventually ended up painting it pink. And so it's just like, there's things that you probably naturally gravitate towards. And so if you can just kind of like lean into those and like, let that part of yourself shine and like, just own it. I just, I don't know. I feel like everything that you create is going to just become so much more authentic and true to yourself. So Mm. that is the thing that I have learned. Beautiful (laughs) advice. I love that. Well, Brie, for everyone, I'm not kidding. If you're listening to this freaking show, you need to go (laughs) follow her on Instagram and check her out. Where can everyone find you, stalk you, hire you, check out all your beautiful designs and just swoon over everything that you make? Yes. So I am at Brighton Made on Instagram um, and kind of everywhere else on Pinterest as well. 
if you want to get some lovely design inspiration. And then also my website is brightonmade.com and that's Brighton with an E. Um, just like how you would spell the word Brighton, but just love it. So perfect. So good. Brie, thank you so much for coming on and just dropping all your knowledge today. It was such a joy. Yes. Thank you guys so much for having me. 